Excel. Just want to remind everybody that next week is almost here. Next week, Thursday, we are finally back together, doors open, in church, having Excel and having small groups. So make sure that you're here next Thursday, next Friday. We are in person. We're not going to be doing uh, service this way anymore. We're going to be in person. I think we still might be able to air a little something online for those of you who uh, really can't make it. But man, I really want you to try in every way, shape, or form. Talk to your parents. Let them talk to me if they're worried. We're going to be socially distant. We're going to have all the same protocols that we normally have. But thank God that we can finally be in person. I am so pumped. I am so excited to do that. Uh, but before we get into next week, we got to worry about today. And so today, uh, I want to follow up with the series that we've been on this past month called Ships. And ship is a suffix that we're using that adds to a word that makes it something different or something uh, a little bit more powerful. And so we talked about relationships. We talked about friendships. We talked about stewardship and discipleship. And today I want to talk to you about one of my all-time favorite topics, and that is leadership. Leadership is an interesting one because, honestly, I can go a million different directions, but how do you choose a leader? How do you know if you can be a leader? It's an interesting question, and, and there's a number of facets because there's all types of leaders, but I want to hone in on a very specific kind of leader, the spiritual leader, right? Spiritual leadership is leaders who are leading people to a closer relationship with God. Uh, there's leadership in the workforce, there's leadership in sports, there's all types of leadership, but there is a uniqueness to spiritual leadership, right? We are the, the bridge between the world of man and the kingdom of God. And so this is something that I think is vital for us. And for me, there's been several years where I've talked to young people and, I, and I'll hear you say things like, man, I can't wait to be a leader or I can't wait until I graduate so I can be a leader. And my immediate response in my heart and usually what I say to you in person is, why are you waiting? And I think sometimes the reason we're waiting is because we don't think that we're qualified or we don't think that we're ready or we don't think we might even be leadership material. And this is a hard question to answer, but I want to think about it real quick. I don't know if you've ever played up any kind of pickup game of basketball or football or any kind of, you know, activity where you have to pick teams, particularly when you don't know everybody. I've always hated being the captain and having to pick teams when I don't know everybody because I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know who's good at this. I don't know what you can do and what you can't do. And so let's say I'm, I'm picking up a football game and I'm, captains with somebody else and we alternate turns on picking among the crowd and if I don't know everybody I'm gonna end up picking based on what I do know and so I might think well I, I need a big guy for the line so I got this guy and I might think well I need somebody fast as a wide receiver and, and that guy's skinny so maybe he's fast I'm gonna pick that guy and and, and I need someone uh, who can run the ball and he kind of looks like maybe he can run the ball so I'm gonna pick him and so I start picking people based on how they look, you know, how they're walking. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, honestly, half the time. And the problem with that is that doesn't always come out the way you think it's going to come out. So sometimes, you know, you pick this guy who's huge, but you realize he's not really strong at all. He's getting pushed all over the line. He's getting knocked down. He's not agile. And so there's a wasted pick. You pick the guy that you thought was skinny and fast, and he really is. He just can't catch a ball if his life depended on him. And that's kind of important when you're the wide receiver. You pick the guy who's a running back and he does good, but he just can't hold on to the ball. He keeps dropping it. And there's this frustration because you're very limited when you're choosing 
someone for a position based on only what you see. And a lot of times when it comes to who we view as leaders or even often when we view ourselves and determine whether or not we can be leaders, we're stuck with looking at areas of our lives that we think disqualify us or, or areas that we think we're just, yeah, I just, I'm not that. And so I want to talk to you before I talk to you about, you know, really what a leader is. Let me explain a few things on what spiritual leadership is not based on. And if you have your Bibles, I want to look at three different characters here. Uh, the first one I want to look at is a very known man in the Bible known as David, often King David. But before he was King David, he was Kid David. He was this little kid in his family who took care of the sheep. He was the runt of the litter, you know, the smallest and youngest of the group. Uh, but at this time, the king was a man named Saul. Now, Saul looked like a king. Saul was tall. The Bible says he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Saul walked with that swagger. He just had that like, yeah, no, that's the king. And yet Saul is not living up to that status. Saul is not acting like a leader. He's not being who God called him to be. And so God decides to raise up another one to give the anointing to a new person to be king. And he sends his prophet Samuel to Jesse's house, this man, and he says, you're going to find the new king among his sons. Now, Jesse's got a whole bunch of sons. And so he lines up his sons and one after another, Samuel starts going through them and God is telling them, no, that's not him. No, that's not him. And he gets to one of the sons and he's like, yo, this is him. Like he has got it. He looks the part. And if you look in the Bible, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 through 7, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab. And he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The first thing you need to know when we're talking about spiritual leadership is that spiritual leadership is not about appearance. It's not about a certain look. And listen, I've had that struggle in my own life. You know, I look at really cool and hip youth pastors and the clothes that they wear and the style that they rock and the followers they have. And I just look at myself and I go, that's just not me. I mean, you guys know me, especially those of you who are in Excel. If I showed up trying to look like a hipster, if I showed up trying to act, you know, a way that I'm not, you're going to see right through that. You're going to laugh at me. I mean, I would laugh at me because you just know, well, that's just not you. And sometimes we feel the pressure of looking a certain way because we think, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. That's what a leader looks like. And I think we need to be careful in judging ourselves based on how other people look. I mean, if you look at the story, he looks at Eliab and he's like, that's got to be the king. And God points out, no, no, no. Be careful about looking at appearance. That's what men do. I look at the heart. I'm looking so much more beyond just the physical appearance. And it goes on to say, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11 through 12, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goat. Send for him at once, Samuel said, I will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him as, and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. Now think about it. David wasn't even invited to the lineup. He just it wasn't even considered. But I do think it's interesting that the Bible points out that he had beautiful eyes, that he was handsome. Like, David wasn't a bad-looking guy. You know, I think in leadership, maybe you don't have to look a certain way, but man, you should be clean. Like, 
You know, you should be presentable. You should be, you know, something where people aren't like, oh, dude, you haven't showered in a month. Get away from me, right? There's a certain level of hygiene, I think, that's expected out of leaders. But the point with this is David looked fine. He just didn't look like what they thought a leader should look like, right? And a lot of times, it's not that, that we don't look good. It's just that we don't look like what we think we're supposed to look like. We don't fit the part. We don't fit that bill. Like, no, no, a leader is supposed to look like X, Y, Z. And God is saying, no, no, a leader is supposed to look like who I choose him to be. See, if, if, if God chooses you to lead, then that's all you need. And sometimes we disqualify ourselves because we think, well, I don't look the part. Uh, I can't lead because I'm just, I'm not tall. I'm not handsome. I'm not dignified. I'm not muscular. I'm not whatever. I mean, fill in the blank with whatever dumb adjectives we want to have that describe our appearance. And God is saying, man, it's so much more than what you look like on the outside. And don't disqualify yourself just because other people don't think you look the part. I would rather be the part than look the part. And more often than not, there are some people who get into leadership positions because they look the part like Saul did, but they don't last in the position like Saul didn't because they weren't being the part. Yeah, David maybe didn't look like a king, but he goes down in history as being one of the greatest kings that Israel had ever known. Now, that's one area where we're struggling, but it's not the only area that we struggle in. A lot of times, it's not just our appearance. It's our background. It's where we come from or our lack of experience that makes us feel like we're not qualified to be a leader. And this one obviously hits home for me because I didn't come from a family of pastors. I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to master's commission or any kind of leadership program. And so when the idea of being a pastor was presented to me, I thought, well, why? I can't be me. As a matter of fact, when I told my dad that I was going to be the pastor, like I was already hired, my dad's immediate response was, you can't be a pastor. You didn't even go to school for that. And I remember thinking to myself, man, does that really disqualify me? My background? Now, sometimes for you, it may go so far beyond that. It may go into the idea that, man, I, I'm not from a good family or I'm not from a financial perspective where, you know, it looks like I can do stuff like that. And and that's an issue, but it's not a new issue. Gideon had the same issue. Gideon is a man in the Bible that God chose at a time where he needed to raise up a leader to defend Israel against some enemies that they had. God was looking for a leader, and out of everybody, he chooses a man named Gideon. And he comes at him with a really dope line. Uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I'm like, dude, that's that's a dope line for, for God to show up and go, hey, superhero. And I'm like, whoa, me? Right? I just That's some Marvel type stuff, right? I, I just think that's that's super cool. And yet they, uh, Gideon isn't sitting there going, oh, yeah, me, right? You're talking about me? As a matter of fact, he's probably looking around and going, who are you talking to? Right? Listen, Judges chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. So he's saying, my group is the weakest of all the groups. My family is the weakest of all the families. And in all my family, I'm the weakest. I am the weakest of the weakest of the weakest. Like, 
I have no ability to do this. I have no, my background disqualifies me from being this leader that you're saying is going to rescue Israel. And oftentimes we disqualify ourselves from leadership because we think that our background does. Right? That our past mistakes don't allow us now to be future leaders. That our family issues disqualify us because your mom and dad cheated on each other. Or, you know, you lived without both of them and you had to be raised by your grandparents. Or, you know, you come from a difficult socioeconomical status. Uh, you feel like, well, uh, because my background, because I'm not popular, because people don't know me, because, you know, blah, 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 that disqualifies me. You look at everything behind you. And you forget that God sees the end from the beginning. He knows everything that's ahead of you. And God is saying, listen, it's not your past that disqualifies you. Your future is qualified by me, not your past. God is the one who determines whether or not you are going to succeed in the things he has called you to succeed in. And it has nothing to do with your past. Right? We, we don't live in the past anymore. That's gone. All we have is today and tomorrow. And so God is the one who's saying, listen, if I called you Gideon, if I called you Joey, if I called you Sarah, if I called you Elizabeth, if I called you, that's it. I qualified you. I'm setting you up for this. So be careful about dismissing what God has set you up for and feeling like you can't do it simply because you look at your past. Now, that might be enough, right? We might feel like, okay, maybe I don't look the part, but I'm going to trust God in that. And, and maybe my past, you know, isn't the best. But again, God, if you're going to qualify me, sure. The thing is, I'm not really good at anything, right? Sometimes we feel like we can't be spiritual leaders because of our abilities. And spiritual leadership is not about abilities, you know, we look at, well, I'm not the best shooter, or I'm not the best dribbler, or, or you know, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the, the funniest. I, we look at all these areas where we're not the best, and we feel like that disqualifies us from being a leadership. We think that in order to be leaders, we need special abilities, right? We need charisma, we need to be extremely intelligent, we need to be expert communicators. But that's not necessarily the case, not when I look at my Bible. Because there's another man in the Bible in the book of Exodus named Moses. Now at the time, Israel was under enslavement by the most powerful nation of its day, Egypt. They had been enslavement, in enslavement for a very long time. And God raises up a leader named Moses and he tells Moses, I want you to go in front of Pharaoh, you know, the most powerful man on earth at this point. And I want you to tell them, yo, I'm taking the Israelites and we're dipping. We're, we're not going to be here anymore. Let my people go. We out of here. Now, that is a bold thing, right? That, that is a crazy statement to make in front of that person. And it's even more than that why Moses feels like he can't do it. Because if you look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and now, and and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. He's saying, "Listen, I get that you qualified me. I get that you called me, but I, I've never been good with words. As a matter of fact, I'm not good with words now. Even as you're talking to me, I'm getting tongue-tied." The Bible tells us Moses had a stutter. You want the man to stand before the entire nation of Israel and lead them, and also stand before Pharaoh and rescue them when he stutters. And Moses is saying, dude, God, I'm, I, I'm not your guy. 
I can't do it. I'm not able to. And here's what I've discovered. Is whatever God calls you to do, God enables you to do. God will give you those abilities. God will set you up with whatever you need to accomplish what he's done. And so often we feel like, well, I've never done that before, so I can't. I've never led a small group. I've never, you know, led somebody to Christ. I've, I've never, you know, taught a Bible study. Like I, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. Well, let me tell you something. Nobody is born knowing how to do anything. My daughter right now is slowly learning everything. She may not be able to run yet, but she just learned how to take some steps. And maybe her steps are only from one couch to the other, but that is the beginning of being able to run. And so I'm going to celebrate those steps because I know she's going to be able to do this. And so, so often we disqualify ourselves because we feel like, well, I don't have this ability to do that. And so because I don't have that ability, that turns me away. Listen, I've seen God use people who they never thought could be used. I've seen God use literal people with stutters lead incredible worship sessions because God helps them. I've seen God, uh, people who have horrible stage fright be able to lead thousands because God enables them. Whatever God calls you to do, as big or as small as it may seem, if you are willing to let God use you, you'd be amazed at what God can enable you to do. So those are three areas that show us what spiritual leadership is not. But let me give you one easy definition of what it is. And trust me, there's so many different ways we can expand on this and maybe we will in the future and and i love to expand on leadership but very simply based on what i'm telling you spiritual leadership is not about your looks it's not about your background it's not about your abilities right being a spiritual leader is about following a heavenly father it's about following god if you want to lead people to god you have to be in a relationship and following god that's the simplest aspect of it. To be a spiritual leadership or leader, you need to have a good relationship with God. You need to learn first and foremost to lead yourself into the presence of God and to abide in Christ and have a strong relationship with him. Listen, when I look at leaders that I'm raising up, I'm not looking for the most talented. I'm not looking for the most gifted. I'm not looking for the best looking. I'm not looking for the one that everybody thinks is the one. Because over the years, I've discovered that that doesn't always work out. You know which ones have worked out the best? The most consistent and faithful in their own personal relationship with God. Hands down. No leader has ever succeeded in the kingdom of God without being in the relationship with the king. If you can just focus in on that, God will naturally begin to use you to lead others. If you focus in on being close to God and allowing God to be close to you, he will innately make you a leader. Naturally, because as you follow him, people will want to follow you, especially those who are searching for a deeper relationship with God. And the thing is, that's what all three of these men had going for them. David didn't look the part. Gideon didn't have a great background. Moses lacked an ability, but each of them had God. Listen, if you look back at it, right? We talked about David. He didn't look the part. Saul was the prototypical king, but in 1 Samuel 18, 14 through 16, we see that David continued to succeed in everything he did, 
for the Lord was with him. Right? Why did he succeed? Because God was with him. Right? When Saul recognizes this, he becomes even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading troops into battle. David was successful at leading. People loved him for it. But the only reason he was successful at leading troops and people was because he was able to lead himself in a relationship with God. And Saul was jealous of this because Saul didn't have that. Saul had the look, but he didn't have God. There are a lot of leaders who might have the look. And we've seen this over and over again, even just on popular stage, so many charismatic and, and really attractive looking leaders who have very public moral failures because privately they had no relationship with God. Listen, your charisma might get you to a certain extent, but it won't get you to where God wants you to go. Be careful about thinking your appearance is what it is. And when you look at Gideon, Gideon thought his background made him weak. Again, but what is God saying? Judges 6.16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you and I will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. It's not about his background. It's about his future. And Gideon is being told by God, no, no, listen, I know you don't think you got the wherewithal and the background and you're the weakest of the weakest of the weakest, but I am the strongest of the strongest of the strongest. And I will lead you. I'm going to lead you and be with you so much that it's going to feel like you're only fighting one dude, not thousands. That is a difference when you're being led by God. That is a difference when you learn to follow in a relationship with God. When you do that, your background doesn't matter because you're walking away from your background into a glorious destiny and future in Christ. And so naturally things start to change. It's not about who you were. It's about who you're becoming. It's not about your past. It's about your future. And when you start stepping into that as you are following Christ, people are going to want to follow you out of their crummy backgrounds and into their glorious futures with Christ because Christ is the one that's leading you. And the third thing with Moses, again, he looked at his abilities and thought his inability to speak will stop him from leading. But if you look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you, there it is again, as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. The common thread through all of these is that God is with them. Listen to me, young person, if you want to be a leader, not just when you graduate, not just when you grow up, but today, take purposeful effort into strengthening your relationship with God every day. Every day you are striving to get closer to God. You are striving to abide in God to ensure that you are close to the Lord and that he is close to you. And as you follow Christ, God will put people in your life that he is instructing you to lead to him. And there's going to be times you go, well, I don't know what to say. Like Moses, God will tell you what to say. Well, that just seems like it's overwhelming. Like, now I'm not going to be able to do it. Like Gideon, God is going to do it like you're only fighting one person, not a whole army. Well, well, I don't know if, if, you know, I look the part of people are going to want to follow me. No, no, listen, you will succeed in everything you do, not because you look the part, but because you serve the God who is a part of all of it, who's leading you through this whole aspect. Leadership is not as difficult when you think, not as difficult as you think when you learn to let God carry the load of it. God is the greatest leader of all. 
And any leadership ability I have, any leadership gifting I carry, any success I have in ministry is a result of following Christ. And I think that's why Paul said it. Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was a phenomenal leader, but he understood I'm short of everything. He says it. Of all the sinners, I'm the worst. But if not by the grace of God, right? So let me tell you something. I'm calling you out. Those of you who know God has called you to lead and those of you who have just started to figure it out now, don't be intimidated about your background. Don't be worried about how you look. Don't get caught up in what you're not able to do. Get caught up in your relationship with God. Learn to love him. Learn to follow him. And he will teach you to lead others. Just like he spoke to um, Simon Peter when Simon caught the greatest catch of his life and thought, man, this is amazing. And Peter and God goes, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. Was Peter at that point a great apostle, a great disciple, a great leader? No. But Jesus said, come with me and I'll teach you. So that's my prayer tonight, that God would teach you to follow him so that you could teach others to do the same. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you because we know that everybody really is a leader. We just have to decide where are we leading people to. And for those of us who who strive to follow after you, those of us who have a relationship with you, God, I just pray, help us to put the first things first, to make you and maintain our first love in you, Lord, to grow in our relationship with you, to love you the way you love us, to abide in you, to stay close to you, Lord, to not get fixated on on the look, to not get fixated on our background, to not get fixated on our inabilities, but to know, Lord, that if you called us to it, you will see us through it, you will give us the words to speak, you will uh, make us look right in the people's eyes, you will set us up for success in everything that we do because it's you who is leading us. And so, Lord, I just pray For each and every one of us, God, including myself, to be drawn closer to you, God, to have a deeper relationship with you. And as we're doing so, to pay mind to those who are trying to do the same and help them be closer to you as well. We thank you for that all, Lord, and we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. I will see you next week in person. I can't wait. Have a good one. Bye-bye.